We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? And welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody and Derek here, back with another episode, guys. The NFL draft officially come and gone. And guys, there still are a few positions that the Colts did not address. Obviously, with eight picks, they addressed a lot of positions. They addressed the wide receiver position. They addressed tight end. They addressed left tackle. They addressed safety in that, for, in that third round there. But there still are a few positions that do you think the Colts could potentially look to add a guy or two uh, for depth standpoint, and maybe even one or two more guys that could actually make a little bit of an impact that are still out there and still available? So, Derek, we have four positions that we're going to potentially look at here today for you know could the Colts potentially add to these positions in some way, shape, or form, whether that be a starter, whether that be more of a depth piece. But let's get with it. Let's stay with the offense here. Let's start here. Let's talk about the position that everybody's been talking about, the position that was addressed first in the draft, wide receiver. The Colts obviously selected Alec Pierce in the, the second round with pick number 53. And, you know, good player. We, we hope he's going to be the wide receiver number two of the future. But behind him right now, there's a lot of question marks, right? You know, you wonder about Paris Campbell's health. You wonder if Ashton Doolin, the guy that could be a wide receiver three. And then you got a lot of young guys out there. And you didn't address it. Beyond that second round, you didn't address it the rest of the draft. So I think a lot of Colts fans, and I want to get your perspective on this, are wondering, should the Colts potentially look to add a veteran in that room? Because it's a very young room. You got Michael Pittman, you got Alec Pierce, who are your number ones and number two right now. But beyond that, I mean, I think the, the most veteran guy is Kiki Kuti, who's 25 years old. So if that tells you anything about the youth of this uh, group, especially and I think it could potentially be very valuable to get a vet in here that could really teach these guys, you know, whether it's a T.Y. Hilton, whether it's a Julio Jones, whether it's a Jarvis Landry, just to name a few. And there's so many other guys. I'm sure we'll talk about a few of them. But what is your stance here in terms of do you think the Colts need to potentially go out and get a vet wide receiver? Yeah, they absolutely do. I mean, you talked about the youth of this group. I mean, everyone being under the age of pretty much like 25, 26 years old. It's just, it's a, it's a group that has a lot of talent, but it needs mentorship. It needs that group of guys that is going to be in there to be able to take control of that group because of the experience that they have. And that brings up the question of a T Y Hilton, you know, uh, Ballard mentioned it in the, 
day three presser that, you know, they would talk about uh, that during the week and, you know, hopefully get something done here very soon. So hopefully we hear some news on T.Y. Hilton potentially coming back. And, you know, if T.Y.'s days are done, then maybe they do go out and get a Julio Jones, you know, somebody that has been there, uh, has done that and, you know, has a good relationship with Matt Ryan and things of that nature. Or do you even attempt to try to get a Jarvis Landry back? I mean, obviously, the Browns are the front runner to bring him back. Uh, but then again, you never know when it comes to the contract. I just don't know how it's going to deal with that. I mean, you know, Jarvis knows for sure that if he ended up on our team, he would definitely still get a chance. But does he want to play a more pivotal role? There's a lot of different ways you can address this. But yes, this this group definitely needs a veteran in the, in the locker room uh, to be able to help with that position group. Okay, so... Looking at all the different options, you know, you talked about, we talked about those three guys. There's other guys like Cole Beasley, who's still out there, 33 years old, you know, say what you want about him, but he's a really good slot receiver. He still is even at 33. Um, and then you got guys like Emmanuel Sanders. You got Keelan Cole, Alan Hearns, Albert Wilson still out there. Odell Beckham is still out there as well. Adam Humphreys, D.D. Westbrook. So there are still some guys that maybe aren't like, you know, necessarily world beaters, but like there's still some guys out there that, could actually pique some interest. Um, out of all those guys that are out there, whether it be you know T.Y. Hilton, you know a guy that you could bring back, or an outside guy, who would be based off of production, leadership, and also financially make the most sense, and who would be your number one guy that you would hope the Colts would look to potentially bring into this wide receiver room? Well, if I'm if I'm talking about you know when it comes to financially. Uh, you're not going to want to bring in a guy like Jarvis Landry and you're not going to want to try to bring in a guy like OBJ, which I think is probably going to end up getting some decent money despite the injury that he's sustained. And don't get me wrong, I love OBJ. I would love to see OBJ on this team. But when we're looking at uh, overall what you could expect, the safest bet is to get T.Y. Hilton back in because even if you didn't expect him to play a whole lot, and to do a lot of production, just being that mentor for the entire wide receiver group would be a huge up for you. Uh, and especially since you wouldn't have to pay him a lot. So, you know, that would be the safest thing. But will he actually be available? That still remains to be seen. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I would like T.Y. back just because you have him on your roster, but you don't have to rely on him anymore to be your number two wide receiver. You know, number one, clearly not, but even number two. You don't really have to rely on him because now you have two guys that you think are going to be your future there. So, yeah, I mean, I would love T.Y. from that standpoint, even if he is, say, a wide receiver three or four. Like, I still think there's a lot of value there, you know, obviously on the field. And I do kind of wonder, you know, because T.Y. did have some good games last year. Like, everybody, like, acts like he was just outright terrible all the time. I don't think that was the case. I think part of it was, obviously, the injury. And number two was just the quarterback as well. Like, just not getting him the football, you know? And so... Um, I mean, you, you, we've all seen the clip of T.Y. Hilton running open and Carson Wentz just missed him. So it's not like T.Y. still can't play. I mean, Chris Ballard has said this guy can still play. So I think from that standpoint, you know, it would obviously for nostalgia's sake, obviously we want him to be here. We want him to get over that over 10K with Indianapolis. But also, you know, from just a leadership standpoint, I mean, T.Y. He's a crafty receiver. He finds ways to get open, right? He, he's always been able to do that really well. Maybe he doesn't have that top end speed that he once had. But his impact to these young wide receivers, I think it's going to be huge if you were to bring a guy like T.Y. Hilton back because I mean, he's going to teach guys like Alec Pierce the art of route running. You know, he is so good at that. 
And Alec Pierce, that's one of his, you know, quote unquote weaknesses. That's the thing that he's a little bit raw in still. And so just to get that mentorship on top of having Reggie Wayne there, I mean, put yourself in Reggie Wayne's shoes. Wouldn't you feel a lot better and sleep a lot better knowing you have a guy like T.Y. Hilton on your team? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's the first position of need, wide receiver. Let us know, guys, what your thoughts are on those three guys. And is there another guy that we maybe mentioned or didn't mention that you think maybe the Colts should go after? But let's continue here. Let's go back into the offensive line here. Let's stay on the offense. Colts obviously got their left tackle potentially of the future in Bernard Raymond. But one thing that they did not address in the draft that we were kind of surprised about, Derek, was the interior offensive line. Right. We thought they would probably get somebody in the fifth beyond, you know, somewhere in that range potentially, but they elected to not. They stayed pat and they actually doubled down on a couple of positions such as defensive tackle and tight end as opposed to go getting an offensive lineman. But there still are a few guys of interest here. Uh, Eric Flowers, I think, is the most notable. He's 28 years old, was obviously started off not great with New York, but then he went to Washington and kind of revitalized his career a little bit. Um, I think he'd be a really good fit. Um, you got Laurent. Duvernay Tardif um, was on the Jets last year. He's kind of always been a solid offensive lineman. Um, you got guys like Trey Hopkins. You got Billy Price. Uh, you <laughs> Richie Incognito for being 38 years old. He's still on here, so he's an option. There, there's a lot of other guys too that could potentially be, you know, options for the Colts as well. But are there any guys that you think potentially could help this team here in the interior? I mean, I, I've seen a lot of different names that, you know, really could be a decent balance. I mean, as long as you're not getting the guard or center equivalent of a Julian Davenport and Sam Tevy again, then I think we'll be okay. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I felt that the Colts really didn't think this was too much of a position of need at the moment because there's just a lot of interior guys that you can find that depth for. You know, I mean, the Colts waited uh, for quite a while to be able to go and get Chris Reed. And then that worked out for them. And, you know, it worked out very well for them uh, getting that piece. And, you know, I mean, Ballard's done a really good job of finding interior offensive line depth when he actually has. Uh, so I, I, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. Obviously it is going to be a position of need. You are going to have to bring in, you know, at least one more guard uh, before you, you know, go in there and do anything else with it. But, at the end of the day, uh, I'm not too worried about it at the moment. I know Ballard and company is going to figure something. Yeah, I, I mean, they have. They, they've proven. You said, like, they've proven it. They found guys like Mark Glowinski off the waiver claim. They found Chris Reed for pennies on the dollar. You know, they can find guys all, anywhere. I mean, it's so much easier, like we talked about, than finding, you know, good quality tackles in this league. Uh, all right, let's move on, though, to defensive line. Obviously, the Colts addressed defensive line twice, but on day three, so you wonder how much, you know, how much of an impact are these guys going to have? Could they potentially be looking to bring in another defensive lineman just to add some more competition, add some more depth and all that stuff? Um, you think of guys like, you know, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, you know, you think of guys, I know they had Darius Phylon in last week as well, just to name a few. And there's so many other guys too that the Colts could potentially look to bring in. Um, is there anybody of note for you that you think potentially you'd like to see the Colts bring on the defensive line, whether it is in the interior, or maybe even like another edge guy. Um, I'll be honest. I haven't really kept up with much of the edge guys. Uh, since we really started looking at the beginning of free agency, I would have to look again to actually see who would be left. You know, yeah, it really so did suck that Kamoko Ture uh, was gone now. 
Um, but you know, I think another name that a lot of us are forgetting, and I think you've been mentioning it several times on Twitter over the last few days, and that's been Bam Banigou. You know, I don't know if Banigou is gonna end up being the rising star because of the change in the defensive scheme and uh the change at the defensive line coach. You know, maybe things start to uh go into a good direction for him. I, I look for him to potentially step up, and maybe that's why. Uh, Balor really hasn't been too keen on, you know, re- bringing back anyone else other than Tyquan Lewis because he knows that, you know, you still got a guy like uh, Ben Banigou still waiting in the ring for his chance to potentially shine in a new defense and a new scheme. So maybe, maybe that athletic traits uh, finally start coming out this offseason. Yeah, that's true. There are, though, guys, just because you were asking, there's guys like, Jadavian Clowney still out there. You know, there's guys like Tack McKinley. There's guys like Benson Mayora. There's guys like Ryan Kerrigan still out there. So there are still a few, you know, guys that you're like, if we bring them in, they might um, actually contribute and contribute a lot to this defensive end room. I don't think they're going to start necessarily, but they, you know, just to have another vet presence in there. I know you have Ngakwe, he brought in this offseason, but, you know, would it serve you well to have another, you know, just not a superstar by any means, but just another solid edge presence out there. Because, you know, you talked about maybe with Banigou. There's, there's a lot of maybes, but he's going to have to earn it, right? And, and I would not be opposed to bringing in another defensive lineman, you know, if Banigou continues to do what he's done the first three years of the league, and, and that's a, a whole fat of nothing, right? There's, there's nothing he has done to warrant any confidence in him at this point. Now, he very much could turn the corner, and we all hope he does, because right now that's looking like a real big bust of a pick for Chris Ballard, but... All that to say, um, I would not be opposed to just adding one more defensive end for sure um, because I think you just got to add that level of competition. You got to continue to have it, and Ballard knows this as well as anybody. There still are a few good names out there, so would not be opposed to that at all. All right, um, let's move on now. Let's talk about the final position we are going to address, and that's the cornerback position. Now, obviously, the Colts have four cornerbacks that you feel probably pretty solid about. You know, you obviously signed Stephon Gilmore. You have Isaiah Rodgers. You signed Brandon Faison. You have Kenny Moore. So you have four guys. You brought back Marvell Tell. Um, but there still are potentially a need there, you know. And, and they did obviously draft a guy um, in the seventh round as well. But does do the Colts potentially need to explore some more depth at, you know, the number five corner? Because... Derek, we know the attrition of the NFL. We know you're only one injury away from that number four guy really being important. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on potentially just adding some more competition in that corner room? You know, I was actually just thinking about this earlier today. I saw a post of uh, James uh, Bradbury and about potentially him getting released instead if the Giants can't find a trade uh, that would save them about $10 million. Now, again, I'm not sitting here saying that we should go and get Bradbury because even if we did go and get him, like, where's he going to play? I mean, you expect Isaiah Rogers to start. You already went and got out, went and got Stephon Gilmore, who obviously is better when healthy. So, I mean, there's really not a a need for him at now anymore. Uh, Obviously getting him would be great, but I'm just saying that it's really not a need. Really, what your issue is now is you're just trying to find the right depth guys behind your other guys that you need to be careful of. Again, Ballard has uh, made sure to get a ton of safeties. You know, we haven't seen a ton of corner depth so far throughout all of free agency and the draft and everything. Like, like you said, Rodney Thomas, you know, when, when he got selected, 
you know, he is a seventh round pick. We'll see how he uh, shapes out. And, you know, I've seen people suggest the idea of putting Nick Cross as a corner, which I don't understand why, because that's really no. not his bread and butter. Uh, but again, like you, you feel really confident in the guys that you do have in the moment that are at least starting. You feel confident uh, that a guy maybe like Marvell Tell, who was brought back onto the roster from this last year, you know, could potentially uh, make his way back in. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, the Colts do the rest of the way. At least the good news is you at least feel more competent in the group that you have. So at least it's not as a as a drastic need for you. But yeah, I mean, I'd fully expect the Colts to consider at least getting one more guy. Uh, I know Jason Verrett was a guy that I've been saying for a long time that I felt that uh, he could be a good depth piece for us. But he just re-signed with San Francisco. Yeah. So It'll be interesting to see what Ballard and company does, but they th- that's definitely going to need to be something that needs to be added. You know, it's so weird at corner because I'm like, I want to add more players, but I'm like, we really don't need can, to add can like two or players. three of the safeties that we've signed play corner. I mean, because yeah. we have like eight safeties on the roster at this <laughs> point. And like well, telling me one or two of them yeah. can't play corner. Yeah, well, I mean, I love the starting, like the four guys the Colts have. Yeah. I think it's great. You know, I think the first four, I'm just like concerned of like, okay, and maybe this is more something that they kind of figure out if an injury does happen, right? Maybe yeah. this is something they down the line. Like, I want James Bradbury, man. Like, I want him, but like, he's not going to play anywhere. So like, yeah, it he would start at least. And why would he want to go somewhere that he's not going to start? I would assume he'd yeah. assume he's a starter somewhere. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, this defense is really set. Like, it's kind of like crazy to say that because we're always, I mean, they'll always add, right? That's what Ballard has said. You're, you're never, it's never just in March, right? You're always adding guys. But that being said, it's like, this defense is good. They're actually good. Like, they, every position I feel really good about in terms of depth, you know? Like, maybe you add a player or two, but beyond that, I feel great about this defense barring injuries. I feel great about it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it feels it feels great to uh, it feels great to you know know that the starting roster for this team is uh, definitely in a really good spot. You don't feel at any at, really when it comes to the starting group uh, outside of maybe health concerns. When it comes to the wide receiver group, the that's the only thing that you have a question mark on. That's the only thing with the starting group. Now you just need to figure out the depth pieces. And, you know, we, I mean, another position that we haven't even really talked about, and that's quarterback. Now, I mean, quarterback is another thing. That's the depth spot that we still need, right? I mean, don't know what's going to happen, but I think some, I think Nick Foles is going to get released here soon. And how many people have been saying Nick Foles should come be the backup for Indianapolis? Now, again, I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind Nick Foles being, the backup for Indy because at least then I feel okay. We have a semi competent backup to uh, fit into the system behind Matt Ryan. If indeed something were to happen to Matt Ryan, I don't mind that because I think the whole Nick Foles is going to steal somebody's job and win the Super Bowl days are over. <laughs> That's that was so yeah. three years ago. Right. Uh, so I think it's okay for me to say now that you know I would be perfectly fine with. Uh, with him being signed, it, it's something that they're going to have to address. Don't know what they're going to do, but they can't go into the season with just the two quarterbacks they have now. It's just not going to no. happen. 
No, and I would I agree with you. I'd be perfectly fine with Nick Foles. Like I wouldn't obviously love it because it's a backup quarterback, but I feel a little bit more confident. You know, if something did happen to Matt Ryan and and you know, obviously knock on wood, like that doesn't happen, but you know, you feel like okay, he could still be a guy that could keep the the ship afloat. Like and with Sam Ellinger, I don't feel that way at all, honestly, because he's a seventh round pick and he's got a lot of issues and great guy, you know, great, great guy, very smart guy, but I would like a quarterback that number one has had starting experience in this league. You know, how good he is is debatable, but he's had some starting experience in this league. He's had moments of brilliance where he's looked fantastic. He's been, he's won a Super Bowl, right? So he knows how to do that. Um, he's led a team, you know, and just all these things. And he's going to be cheap and he knows Frank Reich. It makes too much sense, honestly, for it not to happen at this point because he has been officially released from Chicago, if you're wondering. So he is on the market there. Um, I would not be opposed at all to adding a Nick Foles type of player just as a veteran guy in there. You know, he's not going to see the field, but could just help a lot. And honestly, could even help Sam Ellinger, right, grow. Um, just just another vet in there that could really just make you feel a little bit better as, as the, you know, as for the head coach and as this team. You got a little bit of insurance there at quarterback. Yeah. And let's be honest. Matt Ryan doesn't care. He's not worried about his job. Like, he's not pulling a Carson Wentz. He's not doing that. Like, right. Matt Ryan's confident in who he is, and he should be. So, yeah, I think that's it, Derek. I think we touched on every single position. I'm glad you brought up quarterback, though. I didn't even think about that. But that's <laughs> yeah, I was position. thinking about it earlier today as well. I was just like, wow, how weird that would be. Yeah, and I would be perfectly fine adding a vet like Nick Foles. Perfectly fine. So, all right, guys, well, let us know what your thoughts are on all these positions of need, potentially, for the Indianapolis Colts. Let us know, guys, in the comments, if you could sign one player that's currently on the open market to add them to this Colts roster, who would it be and why? Also, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're still hanging out with us, really appreciate it. Um, if you haven't yet, be sure to hit that like button. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to hit the bell so you know when we drop new videos. We try to drop a video about every day. So sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But most of the time, I feel like we've done a good job at doing that. So, And sometimes multiple videos a day. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Thank you for all the support over draft weekend. Shout out to you, Derek, because you absolutely killed it over draft weekend. I appreciate, really appreciate it. it. And we hit some career. We hit some, honestly, some highs for our channel and in, in terms of views. So thank you guys so much for that. And that'll do it for this one, guys. Take care. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.